Hello everyone. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome you to our online service here at Christ Church Hillbro. My name is Godfrey and I'm the pastor here. And so welcome and I uh, hope that you enjoy yourself. Special welcome to those who are joining us for the first time. Uh, it is our pleasure. We love to have visitors uh, and we want to encourage you to participate and enjoy yourself uh, this morning with us. And I want to say right from the start that at the end of the service, we're going to be going into our WhatsApp group where we're going to be doing questions over the sermon. And so if you are visiting us and you'd like to be part of that, there's a WhatsApp number at the bottom of the screen. Uh, please text us and then we'll include you so that you can be part of the conversation that is taking place in our church. Now friends, before we start, I just want to read a psalm for us and then I'll pray for us and then we'll get started with our service. So Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. And may all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest. And God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. Such an encouraging psalm, isn't it? Uh, the invitation to God to come and bless us in our lives, to make his face shine upon us, uh, to make his presence be with us. And that's what we want to do as we begin our service this morning, to invite God by his Holy Spirit to come and be with us as we gather. As he promised in his word that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is pleased to be there with them. So let, let me pray for us. Please bow your heads. Father, we are, great, we are grateful this morning that you are with us and that uh, you, are, uh, you are going to be with us as we begin the service right to the end. And Father, we want to pray that uh, in all that we will do today, uh, that it will be pleasing to you. And that Father, we will have such a great time and that we will be taught your word and that we will know what you are saying to us today so that we may live in ways that please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, we are going to start our service this morning together, uh, and I want to invite you to enjoy uh, this service uh, as we begin. And uh, this week we are going to be uh, seeing uh, what God has been doing in Mom Anna's life. Uh, so please watch this. All right, uh, as you know that uh, in the last few weeks we've been doing lockdown stories at church. Uh, just trying to hear uh, how lockdown has been for members of our church. Uh, we've been hearing great stories, and today we're even going to hear another great one uh, from Mom Anna Taukbong. So, hello, Mommy. Welcome to our lockdown stories. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks. And you? I am well. Right. It's good seeing you. It is good seeing you. Yeah, it is good seeing you. Yes. Uh, Mom, yeah. how 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 was the lockdown like for you? How was it? Oh yeah, the lockdown. Um, the lockdown. Uh, the good story of the lockdown is that um, it brought the family very closer. Yeah. As I'm saying that, I had on the 23rd of March, 
There I am going home in Pretoria, bringing my nephews here. You, they were nine when the lockdown came in completely 26. <laughs> then I had a full house. I thought I was going to keep them for only two weeks, but ooh, it was very hard. So, so, mommy, they had come for, for holiday? Yes, it was only for, it was meant to be for two weeks. <laughs> and you ended up staying with them for how long? Pardon? You ended up staying with them for how long? Ooh, for, for two months. Yeah. Yeah, remember they were boys. <gasps> Eating, you know, I thank God for Christ Church Hill, bro. They brought, you know, they came for me, you know, in a way that it's so amazing because I mm. thought, oh, mm. what am I going to do? Mm. 12.5 kg of millimil will take only four days. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, mm. that's a big challenge, bro. But, <laughs> yeah. mm. But it brought a, a very good time and yes. togetherness. Mm. And then especially, you know, mm. here we're so privileged because we have the Sunday school. Yes. Children are, uh, you know, they're learning the word of God mm. from, um, from a, a Sunday school and then, you know, growing with it. But I've noticed that some of the kids don't even go to church, you see. You mean some so of the nine children that you were looking after? Yes, but um, I think it was three of them who were like not knowing about the word, never been to church. They yeah. just go to church occasionally, mm. not like sitting down when you closer to them like we were sharing. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, they are. I've, I've got my niece who goes to church, you know, at home. Uh, you know, they don't have the Sunday school. She yes. goes to church and then she's asked for about the, mm. the creation was God there before. Mm. And then it's when I thought it was good to go back to the book of Genesis. Yes. And start the, the whole chapter, I mean, day by day taking yes. from it and sharing mm. and you know they were always looking forward to hear about wow. god wow. how the creation was and then i cannot um forget the day you know we come with all the creation the plants animals and all that when we came when god created us in his image yes you know i told them that what what did you see or what did you hear which was the frontier yeah. and then i read it because we were always recapping yes they noticed that it was good it was good it was good it was wow. good but then <laughs> it was very good ah. <laughs> wow so they were able to actually yeah. notice that all the time when God created something, God said it was good. And God created us, it was very yes. good. Wow. This very is good, yes. And to rule over, Yo, that one just amazed them. <laughs> yeah, so it was, 
a good time because you know as well yeah uh knowing the word and all that it's mm. not always something intimate but speaking yeah. about it speaking to the children going back to be a child yes it was so you know it was reviving myself as well taking yes. all the frustration of the lockdown <laughs> <laughs> sure i'm so happy to hear this i'm so happy to hear that you know i think it was god's plan that those nine children would be with you so that they would learn his mm. word so i am mm. really happy that this happened yeah mm. and then you okay mm. someone say pray then i say can't mm. you speak to me now then they said yes we can i said so is god you can speak to god like you are talking to me yes. now yes yes so yeah so everybody started sharing and praying you know mm. yeah even the little one the one of three when yeah. he see me coming with the bible oh hey can i eat the bottom the bottom you can also wow. can also now yeah you know he can also say you know i was so shocked one day when i said let us pray and then he will close his eyes and think but now he will say i pay i pay for tabo i pay i wow. pay then i thought at first i didn't understand what this pay for i pray for <laughs> you see this is this is kamo so it was very yes wow three years wow <laughs> <laughs> wow mom this is incredible this is incredible so, but um, really interesting. Mm. Can I ask you something? So how was it trying to keep the nine children inside the house? Because I know Tabo likes uh, going outside, seeing his friends. So how was it trying to to keep all the nine children inside the house for two months? It must have been very hard. <laughs> 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 you talk until your voice is gone <laughs> especially the boys yes you the boys mm. um but but i am just so grateful you know in the house here i have i have two tvs one is in my bedroom one is in the in, in the lounge here mm. so there you know we've got pvr in that side and uh, uh, explore at this side mm. so they could see you know the the the, the, the cartoons yes. and i could get away with that yes yes i could get away with that because <laughs> they all love that and as well you know how their fingers are stuck on their phones yes of course <laughs> their cell phones like table i thought maybe his fingers were glued on the phone show mommy show so um how much do you miss church <laughs> oh, i had a good time even though oh, i miss church but um what keeps me going is because every sunday um i listen to uh, the whatsapp i mean i listened it on whatsapp on audio yes. uh when you have uh, testimonies like this 
and yes. then when you're singing because yes. you're maybe you're going to record record sometime. <laughs> yeah and then get into the ceremony it, it, it's nice because mm. even as well, you know, the TV as it is, mm. we have people who are preaching. And I have my cousin, he's a bishop in uh, at Attridgeville. He will always send me the clips as well. Mm. So I, 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 I was really in, in the church as well. Mm. By hearing you, hearing him, mm. sharing among ourselves, mm. getting messages from friends, because I have a friend. Mm. who is working at Radio Rainbow sometimes during yeah. segment, yeah. 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 Okay. No, we miss you too, Mami. Uh, we can't wait to see one yeah, another and too. sing together uh, and enjoy fellowship together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just got to keep trusting God that he will make it happen, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, you know. Mm. I, I thank God right when you say it was for a purpose that yeah. children must be highlighted yeah. because you know there's nothing important like the roots the roots yeah. of the child to know where they're coming from where who god is what is the creation yeah. we kept on going with the other scriptures and all that but the first one was amazing as well and mm. then about easter when they had about easter as well and mm. then why are they alive who is God? You know, they were able to say who God is. Wow. And I asked them, uh, when Jesus ascended into heaven, what did you bring? And then they all knew that it was the Holy Spirit. Wow. I said, that's why we are able today to pray in America, wherever. Yes. We pray in one God in one time. Because if God was human, he yes. was going to be in one place. Yes. Yeah, so it was good. Wow. Mm, wow. Mm, mm, oh, mom, thank you so much. As well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so, so much for having yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've been blessed. I was reminded uh, that actually, mm. children, God's word is important. When I got saved, uh, I remember those those lessons from when I was a child. So thank you so much for taking time to tell us about your lockdown story. Uh, so thank you, mommy. Thank you, my pastor. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. And now it is time for us to confess our sins together before God. God's word reminds us that we have sinned and done wrong, we have been wicked and rebelled, and we have turned away from God's commands and laws. We have not listened to his servants, the prophets, who spoke in his name. Uh, this is from Daniel chapter 9. David says in the Psalms that I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Again, he says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Lastly, David again says, Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one is living righteous before you. Well, dear friends, as you have heard, uh, scriptures acknowledge, they urge us to acknowledge our wickedness before uh, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, and to confess our many sins before Him, that they may be forgiven through His infinite goodness and mercy in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
we should always uh, humbly admit our sins before him especially when we meet together to give thanks for the great benefits that we get from him to praise and worship him to hear his holy word and to ask what is necessary for our bodies and for our souls therefore let us come before the throne of our gracious god uh, and say the prayer that's coming up on the screen together let us pray almighty and most merciful father we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep and we have left undone what we ought to have done and we have done what we ought not to have done we have followed our own ways and our own desires and we have neglected and broken your holy laws have mercy on us lord restore those who repent and confess their sins according to your promises declared in jesus christ our lord grant merciful father for his sake that hereafter we may live a righteous and obedient life to the glory of your holy name amen please bow your heads as i continue to pray for us almighty god the father of our lord jesus christ does not desire the death of a sinner but rather that he should turn from his wickedness and live he has given authority and command and commandment to his ministers to declare to his people that he pardons and forgives the sins of all who truly repent and believe his holy gospel therefore let us ask him to grant us true repentance and his holy spirit that we may please him now and that the rest of your life may be of our lives may be pure and holy so that at the last we may come uh, to the to his eternal joy through jesus christ our lord amen amen well it is wonderful to come before god and to pour out our sins and to empty ourselves so that we may be forgiven of our sins but now friends we're going to turn to god's word but before we do that i'd like to say that uh, uh, for the first time this uh, uh, soon after the service we're going to uh, be opening up our whatsapp group that we started uh, so that we can uh, interact and engage and answer questions and be able to ask questions as well uh, in our WhatsApp group. So I want to invite you, Christchurch Hillbrook. I know how sometimes we can be reserved, how sometimes we uh, really don't want to annoy anyone with our questions, but I want to invite you uh, to, uh, to come and participate so that we may all grow together, particularly as we do this book in 1 Peter. So please join us as we hear God's word and thereafter in our WhatsApp group. Amen. Well, friends, I'm very excited about this series that we are starting in 1 Peter. We've been working so hard with the lay preachers, a group of men that I've been working with for the past few months. And we've been dedicating ourselves to uh, digging deep in God's word and preparing sermons for uh, this series. And I'm so excited that uh, we are here. Uh, it's almost like, you know how you feel when uh, it's like that one major bucket list that you have been wanting to achieve in your life and you've done it. I am so convinced that one thing that we actually need to do at Christchurch Hebrew is to activate lay ministry. Uh, to have uh, parents, um, mothers and fathers teaching the Bible in the home. Uh, that is primary uh, discipleship rather than discipleship happening at church. 
I'm also um, convinced that we need to make sure that we have high-quality Bible teaching at our women's meetings, high-quality Bible teaching at our young adults' meetings, and high-quality Bible teaching in our church services as well, including in our different ministries like Umtombo, uh, Compassion, and uh, all other ministries. Uh, and so this is the realization of that dream uh, we were activating lay preachers to be able to preach and teach God's word. So I'm very excited. Uh, we actually have spent quite a lot of time not only uh, digging deep in God's word, but also uh, praying and fasting. Uh, we've been fasting this last week, uh, praying to God and begging God that he will um, give us once more an appetite for his word. Uh, but not only that, that actually this book will be uh, such a fundamental book in terms of our, our life, our, the life of our church, the history of where God is taking us now, uh, that it will impact us so greatly. And so I'm very excited and I hope you really are. And again, I want to emphasize the fact that um, in the WhatsApp group, it's time for us to begin a new culture uh, of engaging in God's word and of asking questions about uh, how this applies in our lives. And so I want to invite you again, Christ Church, and again saying that I know how uh, reserved we are and how we don't want to bother anyone about our, our questions. But come, let's bother one another. Let's annoy one another. That's what it means to be family. Let me pray for us and then we'll look at God's word as I begin uh, this marathon of sermons in the book of 1 Peter. Please bow as I pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we ask that in this magnificent letter of 1 Peter, as we go through the five chapters, that, Father, you would give us an amazing time in your word. But also, Lord, you would give us tons and tons of messages from you. How you want us to live our lives, how you want us to shape our lives, so that, Father, we may please you. So please be with us as we begin today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends... Uh, you know how we always uh, sometimes feel about Johannesburg. We know that uh, on one hand, Johannesburg is the place where we need to be uh, for us to have a living, for us to sustain ourselves, for us to look after our families that we have left uh, back home, wherever home was when, where we left it. And so we come to this city, this melting pot, where we need to make sure that we hustle, uh, we, we need to make sure that we make things happen so that we can be able to live. And so we have this kind of relationship where we need Johannesburg, but also um, we really would rather be home, uh, but we need to be here, and so we are here. Uh, and every time we get an opportunity, uh, we want to go out of this city uh, to leave uh, the emotional drain and the, uh, the the frustration and the tiredness of Johannesburg to go and refresh at home and then come back again into the city. And this is uh, the kind of life that we live in Johannesburg. Uh, we work here, uh, we do business here, and so we, we see it as uh, perhaps a place where we work. Uh, and because of that, uh, it's, it's a place where we actually find quite a lot of frustrations, a lot of um, a lot of the times we find our anxiety and stressful uh, triggers uh, in Johannesburg. But home is where we rest. Home is where we are refreshed. Home is where we are able to wake up um, late in the morning when the sun has come up. Something that we actually don't do in Johannesburg because we have to hit the ground running uh, when morning comes. But home is where we relax. 
where we don't have to have money to survive every day. Uh, but every day in Johannesburg, you need to pay for your living here. And so we need to work. And so you see, we need to be here, but sometimes we really don't want to be here. Sometimes we want to be here, uh, and then uh, it's short-lived and we want to go home. Now, that kind, of, uh, uh, that kind of relationship that we have with Johannesburg is perhaps uh, the kind of relationship that Christians have with this world. That in one sense, we live in this world. Uh, we are in this world. We are working in this world. We, are, we have families in this world. We, uh, we have marriages. We have children. We go to school in this world. But in another sense, we actually do not belong to this world. We belong to another, to another world. We belong home. And so we struggle with surviving in this world, being torn by the desire to be home, but also being torn by the need to be here for now. Uh, and so uh, 1 Peter actually is a, is a letter that's written to us uh, at this particular time, where we find ourselves perhaps beset by a pandemic, having job losses, having stressful uh, things happening to us in our lives, and therefore our desire for home is actually very sharpened right now. We want Jesus to come, we want him to take us home, we want him to put an end to all this so that we can be home and rest in a world where there is no pandemics, no death, no illness, no job losses, no frustrations. But for now we are here. The Lord has not yet come to take us. And so 1 Peter is written to us in this time so that we may know how to live our lives as people who are in this world but not belonging to it, but belonging to home, the world to come. Well, in the two verses that I am looking at to open up this marathon before the lay preachers come and show us uh, their skillful uh, the skills that they have in digging up God's word. I'm just looking at the first two verses in chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for the obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling of his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So obviously we see that this letter is coming from Peter. And here he uh, identifies himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And right off the bat I want to address that and say that actually the reason why Peter addresses himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ is not to bring up his amazing and big title so that we may respect him. But rather, the meaning is actually in the, in the meaning of the word apostle, which means one who is a messenger of Jesus Christ. So he has been sent by Jesus to the churches who are in the world, separated from him. So Peter has come with a message from Jesus to us today. This is a letter from our Lord to us this morning. And in this letter, we see the two contrasts that we are living with here. Uh, we see that uh, we have the, the, the word elect, that this is who we are, we are the elect. But also there's a contrasting idea in the word that we are the elect, but we are also exiles. You see, we call these, uh, these words oxymorons. For instance, let me give you examples of uh, the words that we use that seem to contrast one another. Uh, sometimes we say that, uh, you see, meeting my friend was bittersweet. Bitter and sweet. Uh, 
Sometimes we say to, uh, to ourselves, you know, when you go into the interview, act naturally. Act and be natural together. Sometimes we say, you know, when she dropped that bombshell in the family, there was a deafening silence. Deafening silence together. Or sometimes we say, oh, what a harmonious discord this affair is. And all, so on and so forth. It's an open secret. Open and secret together. And so we see that these two words, elect and exiles, are two words that actually are contrasting one another. With the word elect, we bring up the idea of the fact that we are loved. We belong to the one who has elected us. We, 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 our home is with the one who has elected us. And exiles actually brings up the idea that we are not home. We are where we do not belong. We are refugees, as it were, wanderers who have no fixed abode. Uh, and so we see the contrasting nature of these words, that the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are living now, us here as Christians in Hillbrook, this is who we are. We belong, we do not belong. We are loved, we are not loved. We are accepted, we are not accepted. You see? This is who we are. And we have to live with that split nature. We have to live with that contrasting nature until the Lord Jesus Christ comes and takes us. And we suffer for having this split nature, as you will see as we go on in the letter. Why don't we look at what it means to be the elect? What it means to be the elect before we look at what it means to be exiles. Well, the, the word elect itself means that it's the doctrine or the teaching in the Bible that we see that uh, God uh, chose us as his people before the beginning of the world and he made us so that we would be his children. In other words, what it means that the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ about 18 years ago, was uh, God was not surprised when I did. You see, the day you gave your life, 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago, two months ago, God was not taken by surprise. He knew. He had already planned it so. He had already seen it. He had already chosen you. Now this word elect or being chosen uh, is a word that we see uh, beginning in the Old Testament. The world was a messed up world. Adam and Eve had sinned against God. And the plan that God had for the world had gone south. And now God begins to rebuild the world. We get to know there's frustration with how the world is going. And God sends a flood and restarts and resets everything. And God resets everything by electing and choosing one man in the world, not because of anything good he had done, not because he was a good man, not because he was a holy man, but only because God had chosen him. God elected him out of the world and through him, this man, Abraham, God made a people for himself with the people, with the children of Israel and now the new Israel, the church which believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are now the elect children of Abraham our father in the faith. 
And so the idea that we are elected or chosen by God, we see it beginning in the Old Testament. But when we get to the New Testament, we're told that actually our election, our being chosen by God, was not something that began in the Old Testament, but that God was not surprised by the way or the events that happened in Genesis. The degeneration of human beings, the degeneration of sin and wickedness and the destruction that happened and the judgment that came. That God was not surprised. That in His plan, He had already seen all. He had already seen it all before it all began. He had foreknowledge of it all before it all began. And so He chose us out of the world. And like Abraham, our father, the reason why we were chosen was not because of anything special about you, anything special about me. A lot of you know me. And you probably know very well, and you are right, that there is nothing extraordinary about me. That there is nothing extraordinary that would have made God to say, Godfrey has got to be one of my children. Likewise, I want to say to you that it was not because of anything special. It was not because you were holy or because you were lovely and beautiful and charming and handsome. It was because God who has the prerogative to choose because he is God, chose you before the beginning of time. Well, you know how when things are going well in a relationship, you know, you, you say things like, the relationship chose me. Or when things are going well at work, you say, oh, the job chose me. Right? And we, we actually do this because we know that when things are not going well, it's like, oh, why did I choose this relationship? Why did I choose this job? So when we are happy, we say, the job chose me. Or the relationship chose me. In like manner, we did not choose ourselves. We did not elect ourselves. There was no uh, interview panel that was there with God as the uh, one chairing the interview and saying to us, why should I elect you? And then we had to prove to him why we had to be elected. It's not like what we do with our elections here, where uh, politicians have to go and using poetry, you know, as they say that politicians campaign in poetry, but they rule in prose. You know, when they go and campaign in poetry, telling us things we actually might not even understand when they might be done. And then when they rule, they rule in prose because there's a long explanation as to why they are not achieving those things. And so our politicians come and they tell us with a manifesto of why we should elect them to go to parliament, why we should elect them to go to the city of Johannesburg as councillors. But you see, with God electing, it was not anything like that. You see, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God elect. God elected us. He chose us. But how did he do this? How did he manage to make sure that what he foresaw before time began, became realized in our lives? Well, verse 2 tells us how this happened, how the election that God did, the choosing that God did before the world began, was realized and confirmed in us. Well, it tells us that actually, the reason how this happened was because, verse 2, we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So the Father chose us. 
You see, the Father picked us in a crowd. The Father chose us and said, this one will be my child. This one will be my daughter. This one will be my son. Of course, a lot of people have questions over, what about those who are not chosen? Well, the idea is that even those who are chosen do not even deserve to be chosen. So the question that we actually need to ask is, why were those who were chosen chosen? Because they also equally do not deserve to be chosen. So the Father chose by His foreknowledge, this the ability that God has to see everything that will ever happen way before it has ever happened. But not only that, there was also the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that was happening. And by the sanctifying work, it is the work that the Holy Spirit does in me, where basically He comes inside me the day that I say yes to Jesus, and He begins to work in my heart and removing all the impurities in me and replacing them with the pure things. Removing the things of old, replacing them with the things of new. Removing the things that belong to the kingdom of darkness and replacing them with the key things that belong to the kingdom of light. The old things are gone. The new things, behold. The work of the Holy Spirit in us of sanctifying. It is the work of cleaning us up by Jesus' blood. The work of making us pure before God, acceptable before God. So the Father chose, the Holy Spirit sanctified, sanctifying, but also Jesus Christ, we are called to his obedience and to the sprinkling of his blood, or by his blood. So you see there, that actually through the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ, we are able to be brought into obedience of Jesus, to be able to follow what Jesus says that we ought to do. So the Father chose, the Holy Spirit sanctified, Jesus died for us to bring us into a relationship with God. You see, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work in electing us, at work in bringing us to be His children. There is no part of God that does not want us. There is no part of God that regrets us. There is no part of God that says, I gave birth to you, but hey, sometimes I wonder why. There is absolutely no part of him because God the Father chooses. God the Son redeems. God the Holy Spirit sanctifies. You see that? That God in all his fullness, one God, three persons, three distinct persons, all of them working and using their personality to make sure that you are brought into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how you were elected. The Father chose you. The Holy Spirit sanctified you. The Son redeemed you. You know, when people ask you, who are you as a Christian? You say, I am God's elect. How do you know? I know because the Father chose me. I know because the Son redeemed me. And I know because the Holy Spirit sanctified me. This is how we know. And this is what it means for us that we are elected, that we are chosen by the Father, that we are redeemed by the Son, and that we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It means that we belong to God. We belong to the Father. We belong to the Son. We belong to the Holy Spirit. We are committed to the Father. We are committed to the Son. 
we are committed to the Holy Spirit. We are His and we are in a committed relationship with Him. He is in a committed relationship with us. And so we belong to Him. You see, when the world wants us to, uh, does not accept us, does not love us, we know that we are loved by God, the creator of this world. The God who made us in His image is our Father. The God who made us in His image is our Redeemer. The God who made us in His image is our Sanctifier. So when the world does not want us, when the world does not love us, oh, we've got tons of love with God. We've got tons of acceptance with God. We've got tons of belonging with God. We can never have feelings of sometimes being unwanted, sometimes being unloved, sometimes too be, being too burdensome to God. Never. That's what it means to be elect. This is what it means to be those chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. God's elect, chosen by God Himself, redeemed by God Himself, sanctified by God Himself. Did you know you were this special? Did you know that you meant this much to God? Did you know that actually you mean the world to Him? That in all His fullness He made sure that you would be elect. He picked you in a crowd. He redeemed by giving His life for you. And His power is at work in sanctifying you. This is who you are. This is who I am. But we're not only exile, we're not only um, the elect, there's a contrast to it. That right now we are exiles. That right now we are immigrants. That right now we are refugees. And I want to say that as we see in our, uh, in, in our nation now, that whenever we have a crisis, an economic uh, uh, crisis where uh, things are not enough for everybody, that we begin to look at uh, immigrants and we begin to say, uh, why are they here? Why are we here? Um, and um, so the ex those experiences are exactly our experiences. And whenever we see that happening, as it sometimes does now because of the pandemic and people getting, um, uh, when their job losses and there's not enough money to go around, whenever we see that happening, we ought to be careful in observing. We ought to be careful in observing because that is exactly our experience in this world. That is exactly our experience in this world. We are loved when, we, when things are well. We are loved when it's all rosy. But when it's not rosy, when it's dark and storm clouds are gathering, we are not loved. We are not accepted. We do not belong. We are reminded we are freaks. We are reminded we are outsiders as Christians. And so when we see that happening to immigrants, to refugees, we ought to actually see ourselves in them. We ought to see that we, they are us, we are them as God's people. And therefore it is, in, it is inconceivable that we could ever pick a stone to throw at a refugee. It is inconceivable that we could ever tweet about refugees. It's inconceivable because they are us and we are them. The Bible tells us that we are exiles, 
strangers, wanderers, people who have no fixed abode, people who do not belong, and people who are immigrants. This is who we are in this world. You see, we are only remembered and loved when things are well, but we are not loved when things are bad. And so the Bible tells us that we are loved as God's elect, accepted as God's elect, uh, belonging as God's elect. We have a home as God's elect. But in this world, this one, we are strangers in this world. We are exiles in this world. We are wanderers, sojourners in this world. We do not belong. We are not accepted in this world as exiles. And this is who we are. And as exiles, as refugees, as immigrants, as strangers, and those who are not accepted, those who are not loved, we are those who are in the diaspora, who are scattered, who are dispersed in the diaspora. In the Greek it actually says that we are the exiles in the diaspora. You know, the way we think about black Americans, we think of them as brothers and sisters whose home is Africa. But right now they are in the diaspora in the United States. So in like manner, we are exiles who have a home somewhere, but at the moment we find ourselves in the diaspora. And this diaspora is where we are now in Hillbro. We are in the diaspora. We are exiles in Hillbro. We are not home, separated from our home for a while. And so we are scattered in the different places where we find ourselves. Peter's right, people, the people that Peter wrote to were in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are Roman provinces where Christians were living, Jew and Gentile Christians together. And so we see that we are strangers in the world. And many times we are reminded of this that we actually don't belong. Sometimes we are reminded of this when we marry people who are not Christians. Sometimes we are reminded of this that we don't belong, we are exiles, we are not accepted, we are not loved. When we are in a relationship with a guy or with a girl who is not a Christian. Sometimes we are reminded of this when we find ourselves working with non-believers. They harass us, they frustrate us, they cause us deep anxiety. They call us all sorts of names for the, simply because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember once I was working for this woman who said to herself, who, who told people that she's a Christian. But actually when I, walk, I worked with her, I realized that it was an appearance of godliness. Because in the business, the way she made money was by overcharging her customers, stealing from her customers. Then in the end, as a Christian, I had to make a decision to be jobless or to be in this compromised relationship at work. So I left. And it meant many, many months jobless. Many, many months no money, no income. And I had to swallow my pride and go back home because there was no money for rent. It is done many times and I, can even, I can't even begin to imagine the ways in which you find this, in the ways in which it is expressed in your life. Perhaps actually it's not even with strangers, it's with family, blood family. At work, in relationships, where you stay, that you are constantly poked for being a Christian. But the Bible tells us that we are the elect who are, who are welcomed and loved and belong to God. But also we are exiles, strangers, refugees, 
who do not belong, who are not accepted, who are not loved. So how were we made strangers in this world? Why, how were we made refugees in this world? Well, we were made refugees by the mere fact that God elected us. When the Father chose us, when the Son redeemed us, and when the Holy Spirit sanctified us, there our fate was sealed. We became strangers in this world. We began to have a DNA instantly at that point that does not accord with this world. We began to have a moral compass that is the antithesis of the one of this world. We began to have a worldview that is vastly different from the one of this world. We began to have principles that this world can never live by. We began to have priorities that this world does not have. So we are so different from the world. We may have the same skin color. We may have sometimes almost similar personalities. Sometimes we find ourselves working in the same environment. Sometimes we find ourselves graduating with the same degree as those who are unbelievers. But we are so vastly different from them in ways that are so fundamental. So by that, by being different, the world is never welcomed. The world is never loved anyone who is different. And so we are maligned. We are made to suffer. We are made to regret being different. That's how we are exiles in the world. And the diaspora scattered around. So what does it mean to be in exile? Well, to be in exile means that actually we don't belong in this world. There are many times when we try to fit in when we want to do as the world does so that we don't feel the impact of being different, that we don't feel the pain of being sidelined, of being maligned, of being, uh, of, of being talked bad about, about, or of being made to suffer. And so sometimes we want to appear as if we are with them. And by so doing, we compromise who we truly are. We do. And so we want to, the, the, the futility of trying to fit in. Fitting in, trying to belong to the world, means we have to hide who we truly are. You see, whenever we look at the world and desire to be part of the world, we are blunting who we truly are. We are erasing something about ourselves that's fundamental. It's almost the thing that people say when you go home and they say that you've lost our language, you've lost our ways by being in Johannesburg. It is exactly what happens when we deny the fact that this world is not ours and when we desperately try to make it ours by compromising who we truly are. Sometimes we try to fit in by having relationships with the ungodly. Sometimes we try to fit in by marrying the ungodly. Sometimes we try to fit in by going into uh, business, uh, business ventures with the ungodly. But one thing that's clear is that we and the world are different. We are the antithesis of the world. You see, we and the world are not moving in the same direction. We are not flowing in the same direction. We are opposites. 
and at some point will be frustrated. And as the world goes, it is the one who is different who will suffer. And so by being in a relationship with someone who is not a Christian, at some point you will suffer for not wanting to have sex outside marriage. You see, by being in a marriage with an ungodly person, at some point you will suffer. For why you give money for gospel work? For why you do this? For why you do not want this? For why you do not accept an extramarital relationship? For why you do not accept polygamy? You will be made to suffer. And because you are in a business venture with an ungodly person, at some point you will have to suffer. For why you do not accept us to bribe so that we get that contract? An alliance with the world. denies where we truly are and we will be made to suffer for it and so this is who we are there are two cities that we are one we belong to and the other one we live in you see the city we belong to is the city of god you see we belong here it's our home god is there and we shall be with him someday all our sufferings will be in the past in this city this is a city that is permanent long lasting to eternity. The only way we can be truly citizens of this world, of this city, is by denying our citizenship in any other city. By being truly committed to Jesus. But there is another city, the city of the world, the city we live in now, the city we don't belong to, the city that's temporal, that's going to perish, that's going to pass away. We are strangers in this city. We are refugees in this city. We are immigrants in this city. We suffer in this city for being different, for being freaks. The only way we can be citizens of this city is if we deny our primary citizenship in the city of God. The only way we can truly flourish, the only way we can truly be happy in this city is if we deny our citizenship in our primary city, the city of God. So this is the reality check that we have, that we are not home. But there is a comfort. We have a home. We are not there, but we have it. It's there. We are not loved here, but we are loved in our home, in the city of God. We are made to suffer here for being different, but we have a home where we shall rest from all our sufferings, where we shall be surrounded by fellow freaks, where we shall be surrounded by fellow brothers and sisters who are as different as we are. I leave us with this reality of where we are now. But I also leave us with the hope and the dreams and the visions of the city we truly belong to where we belong, where we are going, where we are loved, where we are accepted. That is, we live in this world. We know the context of our sufferings. We know the context of our lives here. We know where we are going. We know where we belong. We know where we are accepted. We know where we are loved. It is in God's city. To the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Father, we pray in Jesus' name and ask that 
You would help us, Father, to see the world for what it is. That you'd help us to see that the world is not our home. That, Father, every time we are tempted to make it our home, that you would show us that it is not our home. But equally so, we pray that, Father, you would sharpen our desire for our home. That, Father, only when we have a sharpened hope, a sharpened dream and visions about our home, only then can we withstand the sufferings we face in this world. We thank you for the Father who elected us, who chose us. We thank you for the Son who redeemed us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who sanctified us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, now we are going to go to our WhatsApp group where we are going to be interacting together and engaging together. Tell us, what does this mean for you, this message? What questions is it raising for you? And we can be able to interact together. So let's join us. Let's join together. Let's be together there in the WhatsApp group. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have been blessed by listening to it. For more resources, you can text us on WhatsApp on 081-833-7458. You can also visit our website at www.christchurchhilbro.co.za or you can visit our YouTube channel called Christchurch Hilbro. You can also check out our Facebook page also called Christchurch Hillbrook.